Hi everyone. So, do you remember when I did the holiday episode back in December, and we looked at the Nutcracker and the story, but I didn't play a, a particular part of the ballet, which was the Nutcracker part of the Act Two one, which is one of the most famous part of in all of Tchaikovsky's repertoire. Well, that is because it was so long, and it just needed an, an a dedicated episode for it. So, in this bonus episode, I want to talk about the history of the Nutcracker, and I want to go in depth into why Tchaikovsky wrote the ballet, and I want to talk about the history of the Palidou and why it has some connection to. The creation of the ballet and why it ties into Tchaikovsky's literal creation into the ballet. Tchaikovsky didn't just write the ballet out of habit like the last two ballets, Swan Lake and The Sleeping Beauty. No, just like Swan Lake, which was a commission that he actually enjoyed writing those two ballets, he actually hated it. Actually, he said this, quote, I'm experiencing a kind of crisis, end quote. He did not enjoy the source that came with the ballet. E.T.A. Hoffman, who was the original, the original author of the fairy tale, later Tchaikovsky would go back to another author that took E.T.A. Hoffman's fairy tale and would make a better ending, which was Charles Dumont. Dumont was a typical writer for Tchaikovsky because while Tchaikovsky was composing the music for The Sleeping Beauty, Tchaikovsky took Dumont's version of the fairy tale and staged that as well. Something you should know about The Sleeping Beauty. Dumont was the one, uh, the the writer that inspired Tchaikovsky to put that version of that fairy tale on stage. The same thing goes with the Nutcracker, because Dumont, the, Dumont's version was much more happier. Is actually the current version that we see on stage, except for one particular version that happens here in Chicago that we'll talk about. But the typical version is. The classic tale that we see on stage here every Christmas Eve. So, Tchaikovsky started literally composing the work in 1891, but had to put off the work for a scheduled tour in April for 
coming here to the United States. And he was supposed to come here to tour New York, to, to literally open the Carnegie Hall, Baltimore, and Massachusetts. And these were the three states that he would visit on his U.S. tour. Literally, this is the most famous tour that unites that musicologists and scholars would write about for years after Tchaikovsky's death. But what what many people may not know is that Tchaikovsky was not really a very happy composer, similar to Sostakovich and Mahler, and partly between Mozart and other depressed composers, and I'll add Beethoven to this, he was depressed mainly throughout his life because he lost a lot of people in his life. And I will talk about a particular person in his life that he was so close to that inspired this particular piece of music. And kind of changed how he wrote the Nutcracker from taking it from E.T.A. E.T.A. Hoffman to what we see today. Tchaikovsky began to write the composition on the trains and boats uh, and ferries, literally the boats that were taken to the United States. He started his train, his journey from what is now Moscow all the way to Rouen, France. And he would make it to Paris and he would go to Rouen, France, which is a town outside of Paris. Once he got to Rouen, he isolated himself. There, he would start composing the ballet, thinking of music that would elevate the music. He would write the triptych, the famous dance of the Russians, the Tarantella, which was the music for the Cavalier, and the Waltz of the Flowers. That that's the music that he wrote so far. As I stated, Tchaikovsky was a very depressed man. He isolated himself. And that isolation made it worse. Since a couple of years before, in 1871, he was married to a particular woman that he didn't like, she didn't like him, he didn't like her, and the marriage fell out in six weeks. So the isolation and his depression just spiked after that. According to my research, Tchaikovsky also was in love with a particular person. And because of the rumors being gay, this particular person happened to be his cousin. And I cannot pronounce the name that I wrote down on my notes. But this cousin was his first cousin. And it, there are some, according to some scholars, they were very close to each other. So I cannot pronounce the name of this woman, this man. So forgive me that the, the, the bond between this cousin and Tchaikovsky was very close. But there's a particular other family member that he was more closer to. 
and that was his brother Modust Tchaikovsky and his sister Alexandra Dinadov. His brother Modust was very concerned for Peter Ilyich. So much in fact that Peter was so depressed that he wrote to his brother Modust to come visit him. And so his brother joins Tchaikovsky, the composer, in Rio to cheer, you know, cheer him up. His brother wrote up the plan saying this, on April, 14, on April 4th, Sophia, Sophia Minta, thin enough, and myself were, the, were there where to meet him there and to see him off on the following day for Anhava. This plan was not carried out, however, for on March 29th, I received a telegram informing me of the death of our sister, Alexandra Denenov, end quote. Alexandra Denenov, also known to Peter, Modust, and the entire Tchaikovsky family as Sasha, died because of ill health and also dealing with her mental health and physical health because of the loss of her own two darling children. Some say she died of scarlet fever, but other sources say otherwise. Once he returned, once Tchaikovsky, the composer, returned from America, he returned to Russia and decided not to compose and thought that he would never compose another note of the Nutcracker. And actually said that he will never compose again, then decided, you know what, I will compose again. He thought that writing the, the Nutcracker was for a commission and nothing more. Tchaikovsky would write the sixth symphony out uh, right after the Nutcracker because why right after the Nutcracker premiered in nine in eighteen ninety three, which was the two years after the first notes that he would write for the Nutcracker, he would die after composing the Nutcracker after its premiere and after the premiere of his sixth symphony, which would be his last composition ever. Tchaikovsky was not a very happy composer, but he decided to dedicate the Nutcracker to his beloved sister Sasha. Instead of just focusing it on the E.T.A. Hoffman fairy tale, he de he dedicated it. Excuse me to the love and the times as adults 
they would stand on Christmas Eve and every Christmas following after for her death. And this was the inspiration, essentially, for the fairy tale. And and this is what led to the creation of the Pas de Deux in Act 2. And what we're about to experience now. Tchaikovsky seriously was a romantic composer. As you can see by you know, the music from the fantasy overture to Romeo and Juliet. Swan Lake's beautiful lyrical passages from Act 2 to Act 3 to Act 4. The beautiful Pas de Deux to Act 3 in Sleeping Beauty. I can go on and on and on about what Tchaikovsky did to compose such wonderful music. But there is no explanation I can give to what he did for this particular piece of music here in the Nutcracker. In Act 2, he was able to take an extraordinary sound going from the harsh realities of his depression and just rise it up and make it a, a memorial to his beloved sister. Right there. That is truly music. How can Tchaikovsky take this cello section and make it grand by listening to that? There is no other composer who could have made the cello section in the orchestra following pizzicato in the third and second string with the glissando of the harp sing. He makes the orchestra sing, especially in the cello section. Tchaikovsky not only makes it grand, but also in that section you just heard, the cellos go from singing to predicting and showing you the tinge of regret and sadness. This is a piece that shows and makes you hear Tchaikovsky's inner most sadness about his sister Sasha's death. And then the cellos come back rising and singing as to say there is hope. 
And now the entire orchestra sings that rephrase again, singing and calling, as if to say, "We now support the call of peace." It now sings this rephrase and says, "Not only the full orchestra, but the entire string section, cellos, first and second, violins and violas, call." And sing. This is Tchaikovsky at work. Now listen to the woodwind section: the flutes, the oboe, and the bassoon. All just start to bring back that tinge of regret and and sadness theme into the play. This section is so well written. Tchaikovsky puts his sorrow into this music. He put it back with the cellos, and now it repeats back into this little section here. But within that, you hear the the strings and a little tooting sound from other parts of the woodwind section, and then the strings come back and repeat that section, growing and growing and growing. I want to read you a quote from a YouTuber that. Really describes and encapsulates this next section you're about to hear. He says, and it's a wonderful quote. He says, "Quote this longing melody that never varies always returns to the same point and falling back down under the weight." Of itself. End quote. And then, 
the melody returns in full glory. This is majesty coming from a very depressed man who decides to honor his beloved sister by giving two representative ideas. One in Clara or Marie, regardless of which production it is, and the Sugar Plum Fairy and her Cavalier, which is in this dance. I cannot tell you the majesty of which Tchaikovsky decides to give you in this music. It sounds regal, it sounds sad at one point, and at some points too. But also, it brings back that idea of why Tchaikovsky is a very famous composer from his swan lake to the nutcracker. And I can tell you why I love this ballet. For the music. And the music is mag is so magnificent. From hearing the lush score from the beginning with the miniature overture to this section here. It's so lush. Lush with beautiful string writing to beautiful just encapsulation of I don't, I don't think I'm using the word correct, no, correctly, but the way that he brings the orchestra together, and you will hear it now, he brings the entire orchestra together in a beautiful mesh and a beautiful forte. And I just, just listen. I don't know if I can bring, I don't know if I have the words to describe the next section. Finally, we're at the home stretch, and Tchaikovsky has one more trick up his sleeve, which is we're going to let the strings make this lush turnout, and he finally builds a crescendo that keeps building and building with this beautiful singing chord on the string section, and it gets louder and louder, and then it cuts out with the windwind section just plucking and trilling and just jumping up and down throughout the section and then there's a beautiful glissando excuse me, from the harp and it sings and the orchestra gets louder and louder with this joyous note and then we conclude with a very satisfying ending with a final note
As I mentioned, there have been several upon the thousands of productions of the Nutcracker. But one particular one that did not really stick with the fairy tale by Hoffman and then Dumont was our production here in Chicago, which was the one by Christopher Reeland. And it just takes place here in Chicago in 1892, right up to the 1893 Chicago Expo of 1893. If you know this production, if you're from Chicago, you know that they kind of decided to base it off a fairy tale esque production of what if Clara went to the Chicago Expo and had a fairy tale like time at the Chicago Expo. And I went to this production of the Nutcracker and I found it interesting to say the least. And then and then I found it to be one of the best productions of the Nutcracker. There are a bunch of different productions of the Nutcracker. There's one by George Balanchine, Christopher Wilden. There's one by Rudolf Nereev. There is a bunch of productions of the Nutcracker. But we won't never forget the music by Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky, who has made this wonderful fairy tale so incredibly unforgettable. I hope you enjoyed this little boy, this little bonus. Um, I will have a regular scheduled episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Until then, thank you for letting me focus on Tchaikovsky's music. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good evening. Bye.